0: Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus,
1: so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, thank you so much for joining today. Welcome to Southside Online. So thankful for you that you would take your time out of your busy schedule to spend time with us as we open up the Bible and, uh, and, and really just see exactly what God wants to see for us. This year in our church, uh, we're really diving into the th- the theme and the word disciple. What does that look like? We like to say here our mission is to build real followers of Jesus Christ. How does that happen? What does that look like? Well, I believe discipleship happens when you know God, when we find biblical community together, grow deeper in our faith, which in turn leads us to make disciples, what Jesus called us to do, and that leads to our vision. We wanna make it real easy to go to heaven from right here where we are in Northeast Georgia. And I pray that wherever you are, that that would translate to you in some way. You would be encouraged and be moved by the Spirit of God for God to work in your life and to do something. So I'm gonna tell you today, don't just sit there, do something. Do something to let God go to work in your life and make a difference where you are. And so thank you for being a part of this day. Now, the challenge is what are you going to do with it? And allow God to to use you and your story that he has given you to touch and change somebody's life because I believe that he did that for you and he wants that for you and he wants to see that happen through you today. We are talking about a series called Unfinished and what it looks like to live as the church. So in January, we talked about uh, living as a disciple where Jesus said to follow me. If anyone wants to be my disciple, he said, then deny yourself, take up your cross daily and come and follow me. That leads, that leads us today to talk about what it, what is this unfinished deal? What does it mean to, to live and, and, and do life as the church? And so we're going to the book of Acts to see what that is. You, if you would like to follow along with us, you could go to your app store, download the Southside Church app. It's like a Carolina blue, and uh, it's right there in your app store. It's a free download, and there you can find under weekend events, services, sermon notes, videos, a reading plan that can help you along, questions that go along with it. We want to help you deepen your faith and grow as a follower of Jesus. And so what does this unfinished mission that Jesus has given his people, what does that look like today? And I believe this is important for us to see. There is a huge difference between going to church and being the church. There's a big, it's huge, it's huge, it's a big difference. Is it a big, Well, how big? Huge, all right? It's, uh, it's, It's a huge difference between going to church and being the church. Jesus didn't save us to sit in a seat and just listen. Jesus saved us to transform us, fill us with his Holy Spirit, and then use that to help change the world. The church, the local church, is still God's greatest instrument to reaching a lost world. And so that's where we are today. And the question is, God, how can you use somebody like me? When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it is finished. It sounded like the end. But it wasn't, it was just the beginning. (laughs) Because Jesus knew what was coming next. Even though his disciples didn't know that, even though his followers, his enemies, his persecutors, his tormentors, his killers, nobody knew that, they thought it was over. They thought whether they liked him or not, real deal or not, he was done and finished. He even said it. But what Jesus knew that they didn't know was that he still had a mission. His mission wasn't just to die for the sins of mankind, but to conquer sin, death, hell, and the grave. And when he got up three days later, shock and awe over everybody, and it transformed a small group of people, men and women, numbering about 120, to today numbering in the millions, the, the the billions, even, you know, all throughout history, the number of people that have trusted Christ as their savior. We don't know the number. We just see it in Revelation as being a countless thousand upon thousand upon thousand innumerable group of people that have said yes and trusted Christ as their savior. You could be one of those. I am one of those. We are a part of his church and his people. And so today, God wants us not just to go to church, he wants us to be the church. And there is a big difference, okay? The church was never meant to be a noun, a person, a place, or a thing that does nothing, he meant the church, and when it becomes a noun, it becomes a turnoff. See, the church wasn't meant to be a noun. It wasn't meant to be a turnoff. The church was meant to be a verb, and not just any kind of verb, but an action verb, something that takes motion and puts things into practice. And so today, when we see that, when we see that, In the book of Acts, and that's what we see. We see the church coming alive, the beginning of it, okay? But what we see in that is this statement, that believing is just the beginning. Believing is just the beginning. When you say yes to Jesus and he comes to live in your life, that is the starting point for you. It is finished? Yes, it was finished. Jesus, the, our, our struggle and battle with sin and the penalty of our sin, Jesus finished that, nailed it to the cross, and today he did that for you, not so that it would be it, you would be finished here, but so that you could get started. Let's get it started, all right? And let's see what God, through his Holy Spirit, can do in and through your life. Because I believe when you say yes to Christ, that is just the beginning of what God has in store for you. So today, three things that we see in Acts chapter one, and this is how it begins. We say this, number one, don't worry. Don't worry, there's a reason for it. There is a reason for what you are going through today. Well, I sure would like to know what that reason is. Well, you know what? So would I. And a lot of of the times, we don't get to know the reason for what we're going through while we're going through it. We have to get on the other side of it many times to look back and see God's hand working and moving in and through our life to determine what that reason was. Acts chapter 1, verse number 1, believing is just the beginning. Don't worry, there's a reason for it. Luke, Dr. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Luke was a doctor. wrote his epi- wrote wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote it to the Greek people. The Greeks were very intellectual people. They were um, uh, they were a very religious people, and 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 Luke wrote his gospel narrative of the life of Jesus, the most detailed chronological account given of the life of Jesus. He wrote it to these people to show them. Him this that Jesus was both man and god he told us in, in the theme the theme verse in in Luke the gospel of Luke is that Jesus did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and so here Jesus Jesus is seen as both god and man in the gospel of Luke well now he finishes that narrative and he begins the book of acts and he said i wrote the first narrative Theophilus, who is a friend, and he's writing this account of the book of Acts to him. He said, I wrote the first narrative, the Gospel of Luke, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. And he says this until the day that he was taken up, until the day that he was literally taken up before the eyes of the disciples. After he had given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. We see this. He said, after he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Okay. What we see in the beginning, the introduction of this account, Luke is basically paraphrasing the end of his gospel. I've written to you a narrative, an orderly account of the life of Christ of why he suffered on a cross, why he died, and what happened during that time. After three days, he resurrected, and then he presented himself to, to it said, to some uh, approximate 500 different people over a span of four 40 days. So after the resurrection, Jesus didn't just immediately ascend into heaven. He stayed in in Jerusalem for some 40 days and revealed himself to over 500 people. And so then then he meets with his disciples. He gives them orders. See, a lot of people take offense to that say, well, I don't want anybody ordering me around. Listen, somebody is ordering you around today. <laughs> it, may be, it may be another person. It may be yourself. It may be an addiction, a, a worry, a fear, an anxiety, but everybody is taking orders from somebody. If you married, you're taking orders from your wife. Come on, man. But know that everybody's taking orders from somebody, okay? Everybody's a slave to something. Jesus said, I I, I don't want to enslave you. I want to free you, but I want to free you through adoption into my family. And I want you to, I want to do that so that you will serve my mission for your life because it's purposeful, it's freeing, it's empowering, and it's transforming to both you and the world. And so here, Jesus presented himself alive by many convincing proofs, appearing to them through 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Here we see the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection changed everything. It changed everything. It changed everything from that moment in history till today and even beyond today. This is about, the, the, the introduction is about the reality here of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, most of the people present during this time knew that Jesus had been crucified and knew that he died. But everybody didn't know that he had risen again. And so that message is beginning to go out. That message needs to get out so that people know that he's not just a, a, a dead good man. He's the savior of the world, the Messiah, who came to set people free from their sin. And so the disciples in the early days, they lacked understanding, humility, faith, commitment, power, until they saw Jesus. When they saw Jesus... Everything changed. This is what we see. There's a huge gap, like I said earlier, between going to church and being the church. Well, there's also a huge gap between what we read in the Bible and how we live our lives. Because most people don't. Most people don't read this book. You're never going to know who you are in Christ you're never going to know the depth of God's love for you you're never going to know God's plans and purposes for your life if you don't read about this uh, read about him in this book that's the power this is God speaks primarily today through his word that's how God speaks Primarily, number one, all the time, it's gonna center around his word. That's where we go for context, that's where we go for theology, for doctrine, for for everything. We're gonna find out who he is and what he wants for our life, and we're gonna see examples woven throughout this book of people who got it right, got it wrong, got it right, got it wrong, got it right, got it wrong. Just like us. And some of them were revealed in extraordinary, crazy moments. Some are just average, ho-hum, ordinary moments. But the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is the extra that God puts in it. And so God speaks primarily through his word. Then he speaks through prayer. Then the church. Then he speaks through godly counsel and wisdom. And finally, through our circumstances, in order to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. We flip that around. <laughs> we, let, we let God, or we, we let our circumstances dictate to us whether things are good or bad. Then we'll get some counsel, maybe from a counselor, maybe from a doctor, maybe from a friend or a family member, but we don't care if it's godly or not. And, 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 and we're just getting counsel, trying, and if it's something bad, we're probably looking for counsel that'll help us kind of stand our ground and move us in the way we think. Then we might go to church, then we might pray about it, and in our last resort, we will finally open the Bible and maybe see what God has to say. You're never gonna find God's will and plan and purpose for your life by doing it that way. Go to the Bible first. Why? Because today there's a huge gap between what we read in the Bible and how we live our lives. What John is saying, or not John, but what Luke is saying in his introduction in the book of Acts, the first three verses, is this. Don't worry, there's a reason for it. Don't worry, there's a reason for it. Number two, what do we see? Don't leave. Don't leave, help is on the way. I, pr- I probably should have said, hold on. Hold on, come on. Help is on the way. Yeah, there it is. Don't leave, help is coming. Help is on the way. It is our, uh, this part is, is our version of calling heaven and dialing 911. And this is what Luke is telling his friend Theophilus through this story. Don't leave, help is coming. Help is on the way. Verse number four, while Jesus was together with them, with who? with his disciples, his apostles, and his other disciples. We will lump them together in a group of what we'll call disciples, men and women, numbering somewhere around 120 people. So Jesus was together with them, and he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. He also said during this time, he said, he said, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember that I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. He said that to them. But after he said that, or during that conversation, he said, but first, I want you to go back and stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. And while you're there, I want you to wait for the Father's promise, for the Holy Father, for the, for the God of heaven's promise to come to you. Jesus had already told them. He said, I have to leave because it, when I leave, the Holy Spirit is gonna come and empower you. He's already told them that. So he said, until that happens, I want you to wait. Isn't that one of the hardest things in the world to do? Is to wait. Don't just, but we, but the, the, before this, we've already seen, don't worry, there's a reason for it. The second one is, don't leave. Or maybe, don't quit. Don't give up. Help is on the way. See, see they knew that Jesus was alive. And now they're thinking that at this time, Jesus is going to restore the, the, the prominence of Israel all over the world. That's not yet. That's coming one day, but not this day. And not today. When is it coming? I don't know. God knows. But until that time, we're developing our faith and trusting him. He said, wait for the Father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It's coming sooner than you think. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? That's what they wanted. That's what Israel was looking for. They were looking for a Messiah, a king, not to save them from their sin. This was a short-sighted view, but instead to establish an earthly reign and give them victory over their physical, personal enemies, the Romans. And before the Romans, it was the Assyrians or the Persians, and then it was the Greeks, and it was the Babylonians, and it was always somebody. There was, there's always something or someone that's going to stand in the way of what God wants to do in your life. Don't worry. There's a reason for it. Don't leave. Help is on the way. And so they asked this question, and this is the way Jesus answered it. He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. He says, some things you just don't need to know. But we want to know, don't we? We got to know. I need to know. I mean, I've got to know. Lord, tell me. See, reality is we're probably aware of about two or three things that God is doing right now in and around our life. But he's actually probably doing about 10,000 things at (laughs) once that you don't know. And if you knew all of them at one time, I really don't think we would be able to handle it. And so God gives us exactly what we need for this moment. And he's teaching us to put our faith and our trust in him. So don't leave. Help is on the way. Then Jesus gives us the theme, the key verse of the entire book of Acts. Really, it's probably the theme verse from this point forward in Acts, all the way to today. He said, but you will receive power. That's dynamite power. Power. It's where we get, that word is where we get our word dynamite from. Dynamite power. Not, 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 not dynamite in the way we think of it where it's destructive. No, 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 no. But dynamite in the way we think of it as being powerful. Powerful. Making an impact. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit The Godhead Trinity. One plus one plus one equals one. (laughs) That's true in the Bible and it's true right here in Winder, but nowhere else, all right? I mean, it's just the way it is. One plus one plus one equals three. Everywhere except right here in the Bible, when it's talking about the Godhead Trinity, one plus one plus one equals one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The best way I can describe that to you is this. My name is Jeff Williams. I am a husband to Candy. I am a father to Ansley, Ab, Amory, and Abigail. And I am a son to Phil and Debbie. I'm also a brother to Ashley. I'm also a pastor. I'm a friend. I'm this, I'm that. Okay? I'm one person, but I have these different things. That's probably the it's a poor example, but it's the way I try to process it. God the Father, the creator and overseer of all things. God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came and gave his life for you, the Messiah. And God the Holy Spirit, the deposit, the guarantee of your inheritance that you have waiting for you in Christ and the one who empowers you today to help us make it through every day in life. Through the sickness, through the hurt, the trials, the difficulties, the pain, the victories, the joys, the success. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. See, there's no period there. There's a comma and an and. See, that's not the end. That's not the end. You don't just get power to keep it to yourself, okay? You don't go to the gym and work out to get power and then just go sit, all right? Those guys are, you're lifting weights, you're getting stronger, you're getting in better shape, you're moving physically, and that's just allowing you to lift more, to do more. It's power, not so that it stays with you, but so that you will be his witnesses, not a judge, not a jury, that's not our job. We're his witnesses. That we speak about what we have seen and heard. Some people will say, I don't, know, I don't know anything about the Bible. How can I tell people about Jesus? You, tell, you don't tell all the things that you know here. You tell what you have seen, heard, and experienced. You have a story, tell your story. There's a guy here, his name's Jesse. He's got a great story. It's a powerful story. It's a story of addiction and bondage and setback and hurt and pain and all these things until he met Jesus. Jesus transformed who he was. And today he tells his story. He tells all of the, the, the junk and the ugliness, but he tells it in light of the gospel and the relationship with Jesus and how Jesus has changed his life. And massive traction and, and people are listening and responding because of what he has told, because of what he's seen, heard and experienced. Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, that was their home. In Judea, this is outside of Jerusalem. Samaria, that's a place where no Jew wanted to go. And then to the ends of the earth. So Jesus gives them all of these things. Your hometown, around your hometown, even places where you don't feel comfortable or want to go, and to the ends of the earth. The theme of the entire thing is right here. This is what we see. When people patiently and actively wait on God, He shows up in ways that they never possibly imagined. See, believing is just the beginning. So don't worry. There's a reason for it. Don't leave. Help is on the way. And finally, don't just stand there. Do something. It's time to go to work. It's time to do something with what God has put into your life. Watch this. After he said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now, I'm telling you, I ain't ever seen nothing like this before. I mean, I've I've, I've followed Jesus for a long time, but I've never seen anything like this. But, I mean, for them, every day with Jesus was extraordinary. And this one might have taken the cake this one, hey, this is different. After he said this, his last words to them, Acts 1.8, and after he said it, he just went up into the sky and the clouds and was gone. What would you do? You'd do what I'd do. <laughs> what else? But it's not finished. That's not the end of the story. See, don't just stand there. Do something. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven. That's exactly what we would do. And suddenly, two men in white clothes stood by them. If it didn't get freaky enough, it just got freakier. Right? And here it is. They go, oh, he gone. And then all of a sudden, there's two men standing beside them in white clothes. Where'd they come from? And they said, men of Galilee. Why are you standing here looking up into heaven? At which point I want to go, are you kidding me? We never seen anything like this. But now all of a sudden two angels are standing there. <laughs> this Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. That's You're going to see that one day, okay? <laughs> and, and instead he's like, now go back into Jerusalem. <laughs> Go do what he said you could do. This is what he said. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they had been staying or hiding. Here are the apostles, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. The only one that's missing is Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus and killed himself. And all of these men, plus the other ladies and other men that are gathered together, were continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. What did they do? Well, you got to get to Acts chapter 2 to see what they did, but, or see what happened. They waited. They waited. They went back to Jerusalem and they waited. They did what Jesus said. How long did they wait? 10 days. That's what it took 10 days. And then they realized what happened when the Holy Spirit came on them and the church was ignited with power. See, believing is just the beginning. You may not understand what you're going through today, but don't worry, there's a reason for it. It it may lead you to a place where you're like, I just don't know what I should do. Well, don't leave. Help is on the way. And while you're waiting, don't just stand there. Do something. Go to work. Jesus told them to pray. Stay united. Stay together. And they did. When the Holy Spirit came, And here we are today, still reaping the benefits of their faith. If you are not personally engaged in God's mission, then you have missed the very thing that God saved you to do. Do something. Do something. See, I'm afraid that we've cheapened the gospel today by allowing people to live safely on the sideline. God doesn't save you to stay on the sidelines. God doesn't save you to to live on injured reserve. God doesn't save you to be a cheerleader or to sit in the stands and be a fan. God saved you to get on the field and play the game. See, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave the command to charge. And he's never sounded the retreat. So don't retreat. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Listen, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me pray with you. Let me introduce you to the one who gave his life for you, to the one who lives for you, the one who wants his Holy Spirit to live inside of you and will come back for you one day and allow you to live with him forever. If you do know Christ, what step do you need to take? Do you need to be baptized? Do you live in in our area and need a church home? Come and come be a part of a physical church location. If you're not in our area and you're somewhere else in the the world, find a church to be a part of. Get into a group. Grow your faith and go make disciples. If you don't know Christ today, let me pray with you. Let me just confess that you're a sinner. Confess your need for Jesus. Ask him for help and salvation and to be your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that's all that's required for salvation, for him to rescue you from the penalty of sin and to give you a home in heaven and to start this journey with him. Pray this, say this with me, believe this with me. Say, Father God, I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to be my savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me to you. Say to him, Jesus, be the Lord and savior of my life. Because I am ready. I am ready to follow you. And I'm saying yes to you today with all of my being. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that with me today, take a step. Let us know in the comment feed. I said yes to Jesus today. Let us help you get started growing in your faith and walking with Jesus. I hope to see you next week. God bless you. Have a great day.
0: If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text JESUS, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside, I would like to partner with Him. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.